the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on gotodobbs.com now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. It is BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN. Very happy to go out to the Brownie and Crouppen celebrity line as the Cardinals are getting ready for their series against the Phillies to join somebody that's done basically everything that you can possibly do within the Phillies organization. He is Larry Boa joining us via the Brownie and Crouppen celebrity line. He has been a player, a coach, and a manager for the Phillies. Now is doing some stuff with their front office. Larry, we always appreciate the time. Thank you so much for hopping on with us today. Oh, it's my my pleasure, guys, and uh, hopefully there's a good series out there, and uh, we know the Cardinals are playing a little bit better than they were when they came here, but uh, I think we got to pick up our game a little bit. We've just been very inconsistent. Let's start with that, Larry. What's been your early impression of this Phillies team in 2021? Well, I think uh, we, we've had some problems at the back end of our rotation, our four and five starters. Uh, uh, Moore is on the IL, uh, and Anderson has pitched okay, but, you know, I'm sure he can do better. I'm sure he'll be the first to tell you he can do better. The top three have pitched fairly well. Uh, in the bullpen right now, we're hurting a little bit. We have uh, Bradley that's still out and Alvarado, who's done a great job. But I understand he might be coming back this series against the Cardinals. But I would just have to say the inconsistencies. And, and defensively, we haven't made plays I know that we're capable of making offensively, Larry, though, I mean, the Phillies team is such a fun team to watch when you talk about a guy like Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins and then Gene Segura, who has always been good, especially against the Cardinals. When you look at how this roster has been constructed offensively, what sticks out to you? Well, I think we have the ability to score runs. I really do. And I I think that we have the right combination of guys hitting the ball out of the ballpark. We probably lack a little speed, but uh, JT, you know, He's one of the best catchers in baseball, along with your guy in St. Louis. And as you said, Hoskins, we've gotten a big surprise from Maton filling in for uh, Segura. Segura's probably going to be out another week. Uh, Didi and Baum have been a little inconsistent, and, and McCutcheon's been inconsistent. So I know it's early, and a lot of people are pushing the panic button. I think you got to give guys close to 150 at-bats, you know, before you start saying, oh, this is what it's going to be like. Because, you know, the average is – as you well know, uh, can fluctuate. You get three hits one game and three the next day, your average goes up maybe more than 100 points. So I would, uh, in Philly especially, I wouldn't be pushing the panic button quite yet. Everybody in our division who I thought was going to be, this was going to be the toughest division in baseball, but they're all playing terrible. So nobody's really taking charge of it. The Mets are one game over, and I think they're in first place. Everybody else 
is under 500 in our division. It's crazy how baseball works, isn't it? I mean, we, we would talk to all off season about the Mets, the Phillies, the Braves, Nationals, and the Padres, and you look around and all of them are like a game up or a game below 500. It's nuts. Um, I, I know. Did... Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I think it's just been inconsistencies, you know, and, and I think you're going to see that a lot first month of the season. I think once guys get settled in here and pitchers are stretched out a little more, I think you're going to see better performances from everybody in every division. But right now, it's, it's, it's funny the way the standings are. There's some teams at the bottom that shouldn't be there, and there's some teams at the top that I don't think should be there. But that's the way baseball is. I was about to say, Larry, do you think this is just baseball, or do you think that this is – can we – can we place this on the fact that it was a strange offseason, strange start to the year with uh, the way that spring training was set up and the shortened season a year ago? Is, is there anything to that as well? Yeah, I think there is. I definitely think there is. Obviously, guys didn't do pitch very many innings last year, and who knows what their workload was during the wintertime when they were working out. I mean, we got a kid named Howard that hasn't really pitched in, in – well, he pitched a little bit last year. But he, he was one of our young guys that we thought we were going to get some innings out of. But because we didn't play last year, his innings are limited, and he's been coming out of the bullpen. He's down the road here. He's a starting pitcher. There's no doubt in my mind. But they've been trying to ease the innings in, and hopefully that we're in this thing after uh, the, maybe the all-star break. Then you can start amping him up to getting some more innings in. But I think a lot of teams fall under that umbrella that uh, a lot of their young pitchers that they counted on or even young players, and 60 games is not a season, as you well know. And guys didn't get their innings. Guys didn't get at bats. Some of the future minor leaguers that are going to be big leaguers, a lot of them didn't even play last year. So it's like a lost year, and I think it's affected everybody. Uh, Larry, I want to go back to hitting. Put your manager's cap on me for a minute because we have a lot of conversation here in St. Louis about the batting order, and I know that's kind of what you dive into. But, you know, uh, pu- putting somebody in the two-hole that can get on base, you know, shifting guys around into the 3-4-5 spot. From a manager's perspective, where is that most important area of a batting order that you're always looking to make sure that it's filled? You know, I, I like when, if you have a, a good combination of three, four, five, I, I like that. And obviously you need your first two guys in the lineup to get on. But, you know, a lot of a lot of managers and obviously the analytics say your best hitter should be hitting second, which, you know, with, with the pitcher hitting, especially this year in the National League, I don't really agree with that. But, uh, you know, obviously analytics have sort of taken over the game. And uh, that's why you see a lot of your best hitters hitting second. Uh, I know our guy uh, has been hitting third and he's tearing it up right now, Harper. I just assume we keep him there. But again, you know, Joe Girardi is going to make those calls. But it's important to have a lineup, I think, that you can throw out there every day. And guys know who's sitting in front of them. Guys know who's sitting behind them. Guys know who's going to try to steal. Uh, And, and, you know, there's just a comfort zone when guys come to the park every day. And you don't have to look every day, oh, I'm hitting second. Oh, I'm hitting seventh. Oh, I'm hitting eighth. It it, it eases your mind mentally. And obviously, you got to produce and put numbers up which we have been right now offensively very inconsistent. I thought that would be our biggest strength is scoring runs, and uh, we haven't done it on a consistent basis. We've shown good signs, and then we've gone two or three games where you say, well, what happened? And, again, I, I'm, I'm giving, I like to give guys 150 at-bats and just see where they are after 150 at-bats.
Larry Boa, former Phillies player, coach, and manager, joining us here on 101 ESPN. Larry, I wanted to ask you about a former Phillies third baseman that you played with that goes by the name Mike Schmidt. He had a pretty darn good career. And here in St. Louis, we've got a guy in Nolan Arenado that has been compared to Mike Schmidt by people whenever we first acquired him, when St. Louis first acquired him. I, you played with Mike Schmidt. Do you see right. that comparison? Do you think that is fair? I, I, you know, I, first of all, I don't think it's fair because you're talking about probably the, I, I'm being a little prejudiced here, the greatest third baseman I've ever seen. I mean, I, I wasn't in the American League, but I understand Brooks Robinson was right up there. But to put that kind of pressure on, uh, on, on Arenado, I mean, I don't think that's fair for him. I think he's an outstanding defensive player. I don't think he's going to put up the numbers off, when I say numbers, home run wise, that Mike Schmidt put up. He could play with him defensively. You also had a guy there that left us that went there I thought was an outstanding third baseman, Scott Rowland. So you guys have been very blessed to have Rowland, Arenado, and I, I do think, as, as much as I hate to say it, it it's tough to compare those guys with Mike Schmidt because Mike Schmidt is a big-time Hall of Famer and not saying those guys aren't going to be because I think Scott Rowland had a great career, and I think Arenado's on his way to having a Hall of Fame career, but to put that kind of pressure on him, I just don't see the power that he has that Mike Schmidt had. And other than that, and he can go toe-to-toe with him defensively. He's very smart, a good base runner. Uh, you guys picked up a very good player, and you got him and Goldschmidt on the corners. That's a pretty good start. And, of course, uh, Molina behind the plate, that's three pretty good players. How much fun is it, Larry, when you have a guy like a Mike Schmidt or a Nolan Arenado or a Scott Rowland, like guys who can change the game and make highlight reel plays and bring fans into it just from one single play? How rewarding or fun is it to have guys like that? It's great, especially now, because all people talk about are three-run homers. Hmm. You know, defense seems like it's gone downhill because everyone stresses launch angle and exit velocity. So when you see a guy play both sides of the ball, it gets your attention real quick. And the guy, the three guys you named definitely played both sides of the ball. And it picks up a pitcher, it picks up a whole team. You get a bases loaded, and the guy hits a bullet down to third, and Arenado backhands it, turns it into a double play. I mean, that brings everybody, gets everybody's attention. And it keeps the other team from having big innings. We're, we're, we're so obsessed with offense, 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 that we get away from the defensive part of the game because if you have good pitchers and you have a great defense, it's going to make that pitcher almost great. It can go the other way. If you have a great pitcher and you have a poor defense, it'll be an average pitcher. So you need those guys to make plays in crucial situations, and you definitely have one at third base in, in Arenado. Larry, you've mentioned a few times Yadier Molina, and he's having an unbelievable year. I, I can't believe that he's still doing this at the age of 38. But so far this year, he's batting over 300, and he's added five home runs uh, for the Cardinals. When you watch Yadier Molina, I would imagine as a baseball lifer yourself, you appreciate him. But can you tell us, as as somebody that are more casual observers, what you're watching when you see Yadier Molina out there? Well, besides his growth as a hitter, you know, when he first came up, he wasn't known to be a very good hitter. He's learned how to be a really, really a tough out. He likes to come up in crucial situations. I think the thing that stands out in my mind, I've seen him take pitchers uh, that start a game for the Cardinals. They don't start off with real good stuff, and he finds a way to navigate through a lineup till this pitcher gets his feet on the ground. He's got an uncanny way of reading swings, which I think right now is a lost art. I don't think catchers even bother him in looking at that. He knows what a pitcher's strength is and what his weaknesses are, and he doesn't go away if a guy's not getting his breaking ball over in the first inning. 
he might abandon it for an inning or two, but you'll see him go back to it. I just seen him handle so many young pitchers, and not only just young pitchers, but veteran pitchers, and you very, very seldom see that anybody shake this guy off because he knows what he's doing. He does his homework. He's probably one of the best catchers that ever put on the, the uniform there. And we got a guy that we think is very good, too, JT, and he's got a ways to go to, to match what uh, – what uh, Yachty's done because Yachty's done it over a period of time. And the fact that he's 38 years old and still doing it at a high level is very impressive. That's a tough position to play. And this guy doesn't miss too many games. I notice he's been out a couple games and I'm sure when he sees the Phillies coming in tonight, he'll probably be back in the lineup because he wore us out the last time they were at Citizens Bank Park. So I'm sure he's chomping at the bit to get back in there. Yeah, he's, it sounds like he's planning to be back in the lineup tonight, barring some sort of a setback. He had a little bit of a foot issue over the weekend. Larry, last couple of things for you. I was talking with Danny Mack, the Cardinals broadcaster, earlier today, and I asked him, hey, if you could ask Larry Bow anything, what would you ask him? He said, you got to make sure that you ask Larry about Jim Edmonds because he just loves Jim Edmonds. Larry, can you describe that for me? Where, where's your appreciation for Jim Edmonds come from? Uh, I tell you, I tell you what, Jim Edmonds was a guy that did it everywhere, uh, and, and I seen probably the greatest catch a center fielder's ever made. It was against Kansas City, uh, and I know Willie Mays's catch stands out, uh, you know, a long time ago. But this, I'm talking about the modern, the modern era. I have never seen a guy run down a ball like that, full extension with his back to home plate and make that catch at Kansas City. It's probably the greatest catch I've ever seen in person. But the fact that he did so well offensively, he had just a natural talent. Uh, I mean, you talk about guys that could hit in the middle of wintertime. Jim could come out in December, take a few warm-up swings, and then probably hit balls over the wall. But uh, he had a tremendous career. He got hurt early in his career, but at the end, uh, I mean, this guy is a, a great player. And uh, it was fun being in the, on the coaching staff in Anaheim when he was playing. And the last thing that I wanted to ask you about, Larry, I, I was reading earlier today, um, I was preparing for this interview, and I saw a picture of Lou Brock sliding in underneath you to set the new stolen base record of 105 steals in a season. And I wanted to ask you, because we lost Lou a little bit, what, I guess September last year, um, what was it like going up against a base stealer like Lou Brock back in the day? Well, first of all, Lou Brock was not a, a great Cardinal. He was a great ball player of, of all time. And he made defenses. It's unbelievable when he got to the plate. As an infielder, you had to move in two steps. When he was on first base, you had to cheat toward the middle of the diamond. He, w- he was fearless on the base pass. He did not care who was catching. He didn't care who was pitching. Uh, he made things happen. And he had a lot of – when I was first coming up, I used to try to just – pick his brain about stealing bases and he says the one thing he says are you a base stealer or can you steal a base and i looked at him and i went i think i'm a base stealer because you know i got 360 or 70 but nothing like him and he goes well if you're a base stealer you can't be afraid of getting thrown out we have a lot of guys that can steal a base he says but you're when you're a base stealer you have to go out there with reckless abandon and uh, really intimidate the pitcher and the catcher and that's exactly what he did. He would change defenses the way you play the other hitter. Pit, hitters that hit behind him got a lot of fastballs because they knew that if you threw a breaking ball, you might as well put it in your pocket because you're not going to throw him out. Uh, just a tremendous player, and it was sad to see him and Bob Gibson yeah. pass away. Two great Cardinals, two great Hall of Fame 
players, and uh, I was very fortunate to compete against both those guys. And I look back on it, and it wasn't fun, but it was an honor to compete against guys like Gibson and, and Lou Brock. That's well said, Larry. Real quick, if I could follow up on that, because you talked about that reckless abandonment, uh, stealing the bases. Do you feel like that's lost in the game today? No question. I think that's lost. I think hit and run's lost. I think sacrifice bunt, bunting is, is, is lost. There's, there's so much analytics involved. that, And I asked uh, one of our analytic people, I said, well, you know, sometimes you put a hit and run on it with a guy that strikes out a lot. You might make him concentrate a little more and really try to put the ball in play, and they go, well, the percentages say we don't do that. And if you can't steal 90% of the time, they don't want you running the bases. So they basically tied your hands as far as their recommendations. When they, you know, when they send their information down, they just assume you play station to station, wait for the three-run homer, and, uh, you know, that's fun. But those, a lot of times those three-run homers – they go on vacation for a while, and then you're sitting there saying, "I wonder <laughs> how we're going to score life this year, Larry." <laughs> <laughs> it's it's unbelievable that they rely just on three run home runs, and you know. But it, it's amazing though when you get to the World Series, you see all the other strategies back in the game: hitting and running, sacrifice bunting, stealing bases. Uh, I guess they think it's okay when you run playing a seven game series, but when you're playing a hundred and sixty two, the percentages say don't do it. So, well, and I saw it's last a new night, way of Larry. playing the game. It's a new way of playing the game. I just don't like it. I, I really don't. I saw it last night as I'm watching the Padres. Like they're they're running hit and runs. They're stealing bases. Yeah, they are. Reckless like it, abandonment on the base paths. I, I don't really understand sometimes. Like I'm watching one team that is super successful. They're doing it. Why why can't other teams? I know you would think. You know this is a copycat league if you think about it. And you think if general managers are watching the Padres the way they're playing right now, they they just gave the Dodgers all they could handle. And I think the Dodgers might have the best team in baseball, but you saw it created a lot of problems. And you would think that the general managers would say, you know what, that might be a way to go now because pitchers are throwing 98, 99. It's hard to square that up sometimes for home runs. So maybe we got to start putting some guys in motion and see what happens. But hopefully, hopefully we'll get back to some sort of normalcy and play the game that we all love to watch and play and uh, get away from this waiting for three-run home runs. There's a lot of strikeouts. There's no two-strike approaches. And that's got to come back into play, I believe. Amen, Larry. I know every one of our listeners is just nodding their head in agreement as they're hearing you say this. Larry, we always appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much for hopping on with us today. All right, guys. I hope you guys have a good luck after this four-game series. Okay? <laughs> we, would, we wish you the exact same. That's Larry Thanks, Bowler, Larry. former right, Phillies player, manager, and coach joining us here on 101 ESPN.